The Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for our listeners. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. To get started, all you have to do is click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Okay, let's get things started. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the week four college football betting recap and quick week five preview. I'm stuck in with me as always is Colin Wilson, fresh off of another Arkansas win, which we will get to shortly. But you must be uh, feeling good as a fan right now. Woo, pig suey. Listen, we're going to win the national championship. Absolutely. We're going to win the SEC. I know we can bull over the Alabama defensive line. I'm not sure we can bull over the Georgia defensive line, but Hey, I never wavered, huh? No, I mean, in all fairness, I mean, Calzada was, I mean, you called it correctly on the podcast about the functionality of this Texas A&M offense. So great handicap by stuck. And listen, I said on the podcast, if we're healthy, it's a different story. And if you listen to Sam Pittman's comments after the game, he did a little misleading with the media on uh, with the health status of the offensive line, the health status of his running backs. And so, you know, when KJ Jefferson says after the game, I couldn't come back into the game until my medicine kicked in. I'm like, well, <laughs> whatever this medicine is, let's keep it going because uh, this rushing game is the most impressive in the country. Your boy, Sam Pittman, deceiving you. My boy, Sammy Covers. We are we are on to Georgia. Woo pig suey, I'm on board. I'm glad I spent a lot of time on them this week, and I gave them an astronomical bump. And then again, I bumped Arkansas midway through the day after seeing Texas destroy, destroy Texas Tech. Texas is destroyed. That's the third opponent that Texas has destroyed. Mm. I mean, they they beat up ULL. They beat Rice by 100, and then they put up 70 on Texas Tech. Arkansas shut them down. I was like, I'm adding this. Why does this under not coming down? Why is our, our, I mean, well, we have a lot to get to. We'll get to, we have one game on Thursday we'll talk about, and then we'll talk about some of the lines or games that we have circled for next week. Some good spots already that have popped up. La Tech, baby. But we'll get to those, and we'll recap our cards, talk about best call, worst call, bet, regret. But before we get to all of that, we have some voicemails. And I usually don't listen to them. Colin listens to them ahead of time a lot and i i like to be surprised but i actually listened to them this week because i wanted to see if minor nation guy called in he did uh which i was happy to see him it was like a an ex that you missed that calls you like I, as soon as i heard his voice i was like oh it's nice to hear from you <laughs> that pompous el paso motherfucker all right House. bad beats back doors and miracle covers however you're feeling we want to hear from you have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. This is Harley from Baton Rouge. I know y'all don't play Thursday night games, especially FCS, but holy f- Harvard Brown, f- all of you. It's 66 is the f- number. I watched this game for three and a f- half hours. Brown's in f- hurry up goes all the way down the field boom 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 gets to uh, maybe the 15 yard line on a like a long play okay they're hurrying up to the line okay clock expires on the next play up oh, nope flag pass interference on time down boom here we go let's see what happens here 
Oh, yep, touchdown, of course, on on time down. All right, now we're sitting at 65. All right, does college maybe not go for f***ing extra point when the clock expires on some meaningless Oh, no, no, they kick it. Kicks a f***ing extra point. I watched three and a half hours of Ivy League, just absolute football for a f***ing push. F*** you, Brown. F*** you, Harvard. Matt Mitchell, put this shit in there. Uh, I got nothing there. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised they kicked the extra point. Usually they just go to the locker room. I think uh, Thursday night I was more uh, had my focus on an App State team that decided to fall, you know, go down with it after the five yard line to cost all the App uh, minus five and a half through seven and a half betters. That was that was uh, the right call. He won the game. They didn't give the ball back. Can't complain. But, uh, you know, there was some argument on Twitter about if that's a bad beat or not. I will say there were special teams involved. Like, App State, like, absolutely gave that game away. Chase Bryce throwing interception at the end zone. Special teams touchdowns going on for Marshall. Uh, so I think people that did have tickets on App State felt like they deserved that touchdown and that cover. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. By the way, in the NFL, if you score with no time left at all at the end of regulation, the team will not be compelled to attempt an extra point. And obviously, if you score in overtime, you're not either. That started in 2018. Yeah, they're not in college football. You're not required to as well in high school. Yep, you're not required to, but you could, you can, and they decided to. That's crazy to to make it 49-17 and to push it. But uh, sorry about that. And by the way, App State was not a bad beat um, because here's the thing: the guy made made the smart move by going down. The other thing is that, and they probably deserved to cover, like just from the box score perspective. But he wouldn't have gotten down there if they didn't let him get down there. Right. Like if they were playing run defense, he probably doesn't break a 45 yard run. Like he got down there and fell down because they let him. That's what you have to remember. It's not like he broke the run. It would have been different if he broke it. And then I'll be like, all right, even though it was still a smart move, I'll give you a little more leeway if he broke through it and then was, but they were letting him. They were trying, they were put, that's the reason he was down there. Anyway, moving on. Colin Stucky, I got to crack a beer for this one. Tough one tonight. Liberty. Team total, over nine wins on the year. And then they met Syracuse. Shitty-ass fucking orange, man. I thought this was an easy win. But when you're calling the equivalent of three straight fullback dives in Madden 08, you're going to lose this fucking game, Hugh Freeze. I mean, what was that fucking play call on the goal line? What are you doing? How do you not get any points there? I mean, Jesus Christ. Always get calls on Fridays, Friday night games. Uh, I watched that entire game, even with no money on it. I wanted to check out Liberty and Syracuse with Syracuse with Schrader. Garrett Schrader got the start. They're army now. They were in shot. They're shotgun army. They ran the ball 53 times and threw it for 70 yards. Liberty, Hugh Freeze had a terrible game. We, he, Early in the game, David Bad Liberty has awful special teams. Awful. Early in the game, fourth and two at the Syracuse 18, he tries a field goal. Not sure why, but they miss it. And then fourth and goal to two later in the game, in a tie game with like three minutes left, he went for it on fourth down this time, and then they didn't get it. And then Syracuse went all the way down, kicked the field goal as time expired. But we now know Hugh Freeze, that's not his real last name. That's a, that's a nickname he was given. He saved – his last time out. So third down, Syracuse doesn't get it. So they're going to line up with their, you know, their Lou Groza Award finalist, Lou Groza Award winner, kicker. They're going to line up to kick the game-winning field goal. Freeze doesn't take a timeout to get the ball back with 30 seconds. So if they make it or they miss it, you would have 30 seconds left. No, he lets the clock run all the way down to one second. Syracuse calls a timeout, and Freeze uses the timeout not to get the ball back to Freeze – the kicker, who was one of the best kickers in the country, and it's a chip shot. Obviously, he drills it and freeze walks off the field. Awful. Liberty, liberty, liberty. Liberty, yeah, I, liberty, liberty. Bad. Well, I mean, Liberty like won the box score from a success rate perspective. I mean, they were 71% and the minimal amount of passing downs that they had. Uh, but I think, listen, the reason so you can't I, look at that now, Syracuse's army, the success rate doesn't I, matter. I know. And, and that's the whole thing is like, the reason I didn't bet on Liberty for this game is because there were things in the defensive box score for Syracuse leading up to this that were just like puzzling to me. Like when did Syracuse get a defense like this sixth in tackling 16th in coverage? They're now top 20 in defending the explosive play both on the ground and through the air. So, I mean, some of that could be opponent related, but Syracuse is fielding a really good defense right now. Dino Babers, 
job was on life support. He's back, baby. Colin, stuck. John from Long Island. And I'm just watching this Mississippi State debacle. And my name is Mike Leach, and I can't coach a football team to save my life. I continue to send out quarterback Will Rogers, who can't complete a f***ing pass. Jesus f***ing Christ. He is f***ing terrible. How do you miss that pass in the end zone? Jesus Christ. Why the f*** would I ever back this piece of football team? Mississippi State, by the way, I had them in a round robin. They should have won. I was extremely unimpressed with LSU. I, I watched that most of that game. Um, they had, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, Mississippi State obviously was the better team. If you look at the box score, they have more yards, even though LSU had three broken plays. They had one where it came after a roughing the punter. Mississippi State would have won the game if they didn't call this because the guy was left his feet. He didn't even touch the punter. They called roughing the punter. The next play, two Mississippi State defensive backs run into each other on a slant, and then the guy takes it to the house. Earlier, there was another slant that they got, the kid took to the house, and then they had one where a receiver got behind the coverage on a busted coverage that got the safety, didn't know the coverage that he was in. That's it. Max Johnson, the rest of the game, was garbage. Those three broken plays are all LSU did. Mississippi State was able to move the ball. They had a bad pick. They had a fumble and a roughing the punter. Mississippi State, we can back them next week against uh, Calzada and Texas A&M. A fraud. So we can be back on them. And LSU was not impressive to me at all. A couple broken plays. If you if you looked at that box score and you saw the yardage and then Johnson's numbers, you'd be like, wow, he had a pretty good day. No, he didn't. There was three broken lucky plays. Yeah, so I think a couple of things here with LSU. First off, Kirk Herbstreet, I don't know if he's letting things slip, but saying the desire to play for LSU, is it even there? I mean, that is a very strong statement to make uh, from a high-level view of LSU, but and I know that the success rates were pretty much national average-ish and Mississippi State's was even more. Mississippi State was able to move the ball all day. 63% of their drives, two-plus first down rate. That means they are successful in getting zipping up and down. I wouldn't say they're very fast. But, uh, you know, they're very way over national average, two-plus first downs. And, of course, methodical drive percentage, which is how many drives did you have that had at least 10 plays? LSU, zero. Zero methodical drives, national average. They run the ball. They run the ball 27 times for 63 yards. Yeah, and they're and they're they have no explosiveness in the backfield whatsoever. They were stuffed on 40% of 25 rushing attempts. That is well above national average. Mississippi State shutting down the LSU rush. There, there's so many problems in Baton Rouge right now. I'm just it shocks me. I mean, the UCLA game was one thing, but now we're having questions about desire to play and key defensive stars not you know being out before the 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 game kicks. So. Got some things going on down in LSU. It's going to be tough to back them from an investment standpoint. We might be on Bo Nick's season on the road or maybe TJ Finley's. We'll get to that. People on these um, voicemails won't be. I can tell you that. Maybe we'll be on my cats, Kentucky, in two weeks at home against LSU. But we have a lot more games to get to before that. Notre Dame, Wisconsin under. Graham Mertz, eat a bag of <laughs> never again, you fucker. <laughs> I was wondering if I can get uh, both of your guys' picture along with Brett McMurphy holding that cover like a champion uh, sign that he held on the pregame show earlier, all while you guys were holding your losing Wisconsin tickets, wearing a Drew Pine jersey. Not only did the favorite lose, but they lost to the third string quarterback as well. Come on, y'all. What a f-ing joke. Oh, do you want to hear this sh- you want us to call in and give you guys for your picks? Colin, are you kidding me? Minus five Wisconsin. I don't even want to hear. Oh, box score fraud. Box score fraud. Two pick sixes into the game. They never had a chance. Never had a chance, bro. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we, we, we talk about how the games go um, here. That's what we do. We don't just look at the final score. Never had a chance. That Wisconsin was leading in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And there was a kick return for a touchdown, two picks. Notre Dame, 242 total yards of offense. That pathetic. 242 total yards. Uh, that's the third game they've stolen this year. The team could be one and three. Nothing impressive about Notre Dame. They have absolutely no shot of doing anything this I don't I, this year. If they go to the college football playoff, maybe they could. This year, anyone can get there. They'll get stomped out by Alabama again. Um, With an 18 so point. you could – 
Yeah, you can have – don't get me catching 20 points. You can have your fun, Notre Dame fans. I, I mean, look, I would – Wisconsin was the better team for three quarters. Here's what happened. Graham Mertz stinks. That's basically all there is to it. Um, obviously, yeah, they had five turnovers with a kick return for a touchdown. The fourth quarter just became ridiculous. But they were up 13-10 going into the fourth quarter. No, and Notre Dame scored another one of touchdowns. I didn't think that ball was caught. I mean – they just, that was, you know, half their yards on that play, too. So, Graham Mark stinks. That was, we said this on the podcast, the live show. Here's all the reasons to like Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. the caveat was, well, Graham Mertz could have diarrhea all over the field. He could be just that bad. And he is. That's it. Graham Mertz should never see the field for Wisconsin again. It's not hard to be a quarterback for Wisconsin. This kid was highly touted, highly recruited. He doesn't even have to be great for Wisconsin. Just make the basic passes. It's really easy to be a quarterback for Wisconsin. You run the ball. You have teams that try to defend the run. And then you make easy play-action passes. Don't throw pick sixes and hit your open targets. He's incapable of doing that. I mean, the amount of wide-open receivers that he missed, it was sickening. It was sickening how bad he played, and they were still up 13-10 in the fourth quarter. And then you get a kick return for a touchdown. Then he throws back-to-back pick sixes. And that game was all about neither one of those teams is impressive uh, two shit teams, but that game was all about Mertz. He was awful. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Like I, I really hate it when we talk about the marquee games and they don't win. And I hate it even more when the, when the final score gets inflated, which makes people think that you and I missed the mark completely. Both of us love the first half under, I mean, that was spot on. And I think the handicap of Notre Dame's offense was correct. 26 rushing attempts. 18 of them were stuffed. I mean, we called out the Notre Dame That's offensive line. And, and when you have a 70% stuff rate on your offensive line, I think we did a pretty good job on the handicap there. And then for the Wisconsin to have five offensive turnovers, five offensive turnovers is just, I mean, you're going to, you're going to lose hundred percent of your bets, five offensive turnovers. And a kick return for a touchdown. And a kick return for a touchdown. And that's what made this score look so bad. But there's, I mean, there's things in this box score that are laughable. Average third down distance for Wisconsin uh, was 6.6. Notre Dame, 8.4, right? Yards per play, Wisconsin. Notre Dame, success rate in the toilet. Wisconsin had six sacks, three quarterback hurries, and still they were able to, you know, get beat by this offense. I, I It was a pathetic rushing performance from Notre Dame. They had lots of help. They can't run the ball. It's awful. I I don't know what to do with Wisconsin for the rest of the year. I mean, I've got the handicap down on Notre Dame. I've got it, all right? But this Wisconsin team, Jesus, I can't lose any more money on this. Graham Mertz, for two years I've been piping up this kid. They got a bench him, man. Bo Nix got shipped to Wisconsin, drank a couple spotted cows, got transformed into Graham Mertz's body. Because this is what we have. Graham Mertz season in effect is I think Bo Nix got shipped up to the north. Bo Nix season in full effect. Yep, it's crazy. Hey guys, this motherfucker, Graham Mertz. I shouldn't be mad that he blew the under 45. Because being mad at Graham fucking Mertz throwing an interception is a lot like being mad at a pig for rolling in It's just what they do. It's just what they do. Uh, by the way, I uh, I do have to send my condolences to Underbacker. Both offenses were pathetic. Oh, anyway, moving on. Mertz, this is a blue f-ing chip prospect. This guy. This is why Jack Cohn. Look at this. Look, what are you looking at? What are you looking at, dude? Are you blind? This is why Jack Cohn transferred. What are you looking at? Oh my. God, under 44, but the hook, under 44, it was 10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. It was 20 points going into the fourth quarter, and this guy sucks. His entire collegiate career was in Illinois last year. This is this fucking guy sucks. This guy sucks. That Wisconsin game, Wisconsin and fucking under, okay? Then this fucking loser, this piece of shit. Fucking Graham Mertz, that mother. What a loser! Holy. Shit. Anyway, so I'm on Twitter. I see Stucky says a bad beat, whatever. Underbackers, shake it off or something. The only thing I'm gonna shake is my in front of Graham Mertz's mom. Okay, let him know what he did to people. All right? You know, I never knew kind of what Graham Mertz looked like till today. So I fucking Google this picture. What a tool. He looks like a complete. Cool. I hope his girlfriend watched this game 
just getting bored from and watched her loser boyfriend, Kim. Gentlemen, the only thing I'm going to say besides Bradley Murphy is if Arkansas hangs on here at the third quarter, I, I need Colin to go for at least a minute. Goodbye. Uh, by the way, Colin does have a, a hat on that says pigs. So we'll say that that uh, satisfies your request, unless you want to uh, snarl. But uh, I, I feel like college game day is going to be in town and there'll be enough video of me snarling all over. I may, I may be in mud. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Georgia hosts the Hogs in the game of the weekend. Is that at 3.30 next weekend? Is that the no, it's, in, it's a, I got the damn Jefferson Pilot kickoff, the 11 a.m. Central. I mean, how does that No. Happen? No, that they're not changing that? I guess because they have Georgia slated. To, they only do like – they have to do every team or something at the 3.30 slate. Yeah. Oh my God! I mean, what a screw up by the everybody and everybody's participating in ratings. What a screw up! Uh, well, I get Ole Miss held them was at three thirty. Wow, what an SEC afternoon! <laughs> I can't, I can't fault them for that because Ole Miss Alabama is. That's what about the night cap? I would have put it at night, yeah. I, but I was saying that I, I three thirty SEC slate. That that's one of the few games where you, I could argue, okay, Ole Miss Alabama can be over there. But yeah, at night we have. Man, it's a great car next weekend. Auburn LSU. Oh, I would take Arkansas over Georgia over that any day. You know who's number one? Move move Auburn LSU to fucking noon. <laughs> Do you know who's number one in the nation on defense and sta- against against standard downs explosiveness, which is where Arkansas thrives? Georgia. Georgia. You know who's yeah. uh yeah, you know who's uh top twenty five and everything that you need against a rushing attack? Georgia. So there you I, go. Fading the hogs again. I'll be oh, on. It's a lot of points, man. I'm expect we, we okay. So Stucky and I are recording the openers haven't come out. I've got it at 16 and a half. I'm pretty positive by looking around the, the landscape right now. It's gonna be around 17. So this is gonna be a tough handicap. Me and my I'll be back in my hogs. Woo pig suey, baby. Woo pig suey. You can take Georgia. We'll be against each other again, and I'll try to get my hogs to the window. All right, moving on. My hogs. Bo Nick's season is a f-ing nuclear winter. Holy f-ing shit. Guys, take all of the stats that you have on f-ing Bo Nick's at Jordan Hare Stadium and throw them in the f-ing trash. I mean, I've never seen anything f-ing like it. You know what he looks like? He looks like f-ing Jack Zergiatis and Tommy DeVito and had a baby, and that was the quarterback that they produced. Bo Nick's season is no longer in full effect. There are hurricane warnings in South Dakota that are in more effect than Bo Nick's season. We got to pull the Bo Nick's clip. It's over. We are so f***ing bad. It's halftime here, and I'm watching Tucker f***ing Greg run all over. We're getting ran on by a guy with two f***ing first names out here. We're bad. Clemson's bad. The Minnesota Gophers are f***ing bad. My betting card today is bad. It's a wrap. TJ Finley season in full effect. Let's f***ing go. Get the f*** out of here, Bo Nix, you f***ing noodle arm. Uncle Rico looking motherfucker. So obviously Bo Nix had people pissed off. Uh, Georgia State was up 24 to 12 at the half. And people, if you don't believe in, in situational spots in college with college kids, and you're not at least taking them into account, you're obviously doing it wrong. There's an art and there's a science to this, uh, especially college basketball. Go look at how Fresno started that game after that UCLA win mm-hmm. for Exhibit A. And it's not blind, It's not blindly playing these spots. There's an art to it. And uh, if you're not accounting for them, you're just – you're missing out on part of – a key part of handicapping. Uh, but, yeah, Georgia – Auburn was sleeping early, clearly – it was an awful spot. I thought it was a bad matchup. Georgia State actually ran it well, ran it 47 times for 267 yards. And Bo Nix was 13 of 27 for 156 yards, gets benched. Bo Nix season in full effect. And then TJ Finley comes in and saves the day. Auburn scores 15 points in the fourth quarter to beat Georgia State by 10. So not the best showing for Auburn, but I assume a lot of that had to do with the letdown and, you know, right. LSU next week and – they were just drunk early on. Yeah. And Bo Nix's adjusted completion percentage was about 57%, pretty his worst performance of the season to come to his. I mean, I can't defend 13 of 27, but looking at the updated PFF numbers, he didn't have one turnover worthy throw yesterday. He was just inaccurate. And, uh, you know, Auburn 
that burned us. I mean, I, I believe we put in, I believe uh, we talked about it on the pod and I put in an over 41 and a half uh, team total for Auburn. I just thought the Mike Bobo, Brian Harson would score as many as possible after the loss. And uh, you know, when you go 2.6 uh, points per possession past the 40 yard line, that's not going to get it done. So bad game for Bo Nix, uh, you know, should have been more. I just, I figured this team was incapable uh, of not scoring 50, uh, putting a 50 burger on a lesser opponent, which Georgia state is. So Wrong by us. They, were, they just came out flat. They, they only had 12. They still got the 34. They only had 12 points in the first half. That's what doomed you. All right, moving on. Uh, this is Mr. Bojangles Chicken calling for DJ Uyunga Big Stinko. We would like our money back for the NIL deal. Also calling for Bo Picks. Give us the money back for that sweet tea, baby. Uh, yeah, Clemson. By the way, we're still. This is what I spend September doing: trying to win money, obviously, and then trying to figure out where these teams are. And after you get like three or four games, you start to get a really good idea. And you know what I said with Wisconsin: my two worst calls of the day. I guess we can get there now. We're we're Clemson. I'll say Wisconsin because I mean, uh, just Graham. I, and but I said Graham Mertz. If he's this bad, they're gonna lose, and he is that bad. And with Clemson, NC State, you know, we, we outline all the reasons why we like Clemson. I said Clemson's either winning forty-one nothing or they're going to lose outright, and I'm happy they did. Dabo, Dabo, now the biggest proponent of the expanded college football playoff. He wants twenty-four. <laughs> he wants twenty-four teams now this year. He's demanding it. Clemson season is done. That offensive line is awful. DJ is not it. The offense is horrendous. Horrendous. And I can't believe they almost stole that game after NC State missed three field goals. Still went to overtime. Uh, a pathetic performance by Clemson. And they're done, people. Next week, BC comes to town with their backup and who's been fine. Everyone's going to say Clemson's angry at home. Nope. I completely disagree. We'll talk about this later this week. I think Clemson's done. Like, they're, they're number one, I don't think they're, they're very good. Number two, they're cooked. Their season's over. This is Clemson. You're supposed to go to the college football playoff, and now you have a 0.00000% chance of going to the college football playoff. Are you getting up for BC next week? I, I, I don't think so. I think it's the opposite of angry Clemson. I think that this locker room is done, uh, and they're going to check out, and I wouldn't be surprised if BC wins outright. And BC is the best hope. BC and Wake Forest, they're ACC's only hope to go to the college football playoff. UNC lost by 24 to Georgia Tech. Uh, Miami finally got a win over who they, who they play? Central Connecticut State. So The Blue Devils. ACC. Wake Forest and BC are the only teams you can trust in the ACC. Virginia's defense is so bad. Uh, it's it's very bad, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, Wake Forest was being offered 150 to 1 uh, at, at, in Vegas. Uh, so, you know, so that uh, to win the ACC is something I hit on a week ago and that number has come crashing down. But I'm really a little, little disappointed in you and me because, you know, I mean, you were on BC preseason. I was on NC State and we just didn't know if they had a chance to win the, the Atlantic division. And, and I, I kind of chicken shit it out at NC State actually winning it on a nice, juicy number. And now here we are. Uh, Clemson's done. And now it's just, you know, there's just going to be a feast among all these mid-grade ACC teams. Uh, that probably can't beat most of the Mountain West Conference on who's going to be the conference champion here. But, uh, you know, you, it's the offensive line, 10 pressures. DJ was under pressure on 10 dropbacks, uh, two sacks, uh, a really, really poor performance from an accuracy perspective. Again, everything I talked about on the podcast that Clemson piped up, that we are going to get it all fixed. The offensive line communication, not there. DJ and his accuracy, 12 of 26, a couple of big, uh, a couple of turnover worthy throws. Uh, it, it's nothing's improved. Nothing's improved after that huge speech by Dabo last week. Dabo. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, look, Clemson's done, and here's what I think's happened. You look at a lot of these teams at the top that look awful this year compared to expectation. I mean, look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma should – I mean, they they won on the last second field goal at home as 17-point favorites over West Virginia. With they the keep home crowd, these games. With the home crowd yeah. chanting for the, back, for the, for the backup blue chip. Unbelievable. You know, Spencer Spencer Rattler getting booed and them call the preseason Heisman favorite and the crowd is chanting for the backup to come in after he threw a pick. But all these teams look uh, awful at the top compared to expectation, except really Georgia. 
Why? Well, I think that this year kind of kind of let everyone else catch up because they have so much experience and all these kids came back. So the gap and teams are starting to figure out how to defend these spreads where like these really talented spreads scheme wise, but with all, all the returning production for all these other teams across the board, you know, and these other, these, the top teams lose a lot to the NFL regardless. So I think that this year gave everyone else a chance to close that gap for this year. I think that's what's happening. Um, so anyway, Ready for a Cincinnati let's, let's go. In the playoff? Cincinnati wins out. They're going to the college football playoff. I'm curious to see what that line is against Notre Dame next week. I think you projected it as Notre Dame minus two and a half. Minus one after final grading. I will take Cincy as any dog. Any yep. dog. You have got to be shitting me with this Clemson NC State under. 47 and a half. It hits like a motherfucker in regulation time. And then it goes OT because the damn NC State kicker can't make a field goal to save his life. He's 0-2 for the night. All you got to do is make one, and you're a savior. You're going to get laid this weekend if you hit it. Like, all the girls are going to be all up on your if you hit this, and you can't do it because you're a And then they go into OT, and they, they put up a bunch of touchdowns and the over hits, and I can't even breathe. I'm out for a drive right now trying to cool off. I have road rage. God. Yeah, nothing more to say. Brutal beat. Uh, the guy, the kid who's the most relieved that NC State won in overtime is that kicker. Um, that would have been a rough, rough week for him on campus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, brutal beat. For under forty-seven and a half on ends at forty-eight. After, ugh, sorry about that. That's a tough one. Allen stuck. Sean from Long Island again. Listen, I need an explanation about this FSU Louisville line. Who the f- was behind this rat line. I need answers. There's no way on God's green earth that Florida State should open as a short underdog. They close as a favorite to anybody. So, of course, I bet them out of principle, and we're getting absolutely destroyed. We need to get Sherlock Holmes, Inspector Gadget, and fucking Scooby-Doo and the entire gang to get fucking answers to this bullshit. This is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Florida State 0-4. Oof. I know who the group was that was pushing that number, and I, I, I didn't get an explanation as to why we were pushing Florida State all of a sudden. And I was like, I can't I, I can't be a part of this. Do you want a piece of this, I believe, was I was what I was asking. I said, God, no. I don't know why. how some of these things build up with some of these groups, these conglomerates of, of guys that – you know, are, are, are pushing, you know, five-figure tickets and, and then asking other people they want a piece. No, I don't want any of your Florida State. Go away. <laughs> Knowles, 0-4, man. It's just weird to say. Even, ah, brutal. They might quit. Home against Syracuse next week. That game should be exciting. Stucky, Colin, this is not a bad beat. I'm just very excited about Arkansas pulling off this victory. Uh, I live in New Mexico. I'm in the military. I don't get to see my family that often, and we've planned on this game since June. We thought it would just be a fun trip to Athens since Arkansas doesn't get to play at Georgia that often. My family lives in Atlanta, and, wow, we couldn't be more excited now. And, uh, hey, Colin, you were right, man. You were right. Whoopee! Colin, you stuck was right, and you support the troops. Um, thank you for your service. And I'm going to have the troop support in Athens. You're damn right we're on Woo Pig Stewie plus 17 next week. Yeah. Anything you want to respond, Colin? First off, thank you for your service, and uh, I hope it's a great atmosphere. I hope the Arkansas fans that come into town are well-behaved. You know, this is going to be a battle of what two teams do the best and maybe the best in the country. Arkansas runs the ball 70% of the time. They're plowing holes with their offensive line. Uh, Don't listen to anything Sam Pittman says this week about injuries because he's probably going to come out and tell you about how hurt everybody is. I'm not going to believe it. And then there's Georgia. They are the best in the nation at stopping the run uh, from all of the updated numbers in front of me, and that's where – you know, the, the handicap is going to be, I, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I think Stuck is right that this is going to just going to be too many points because Arkansas has multiple ways to get points up on the board. So we'll see where the number lands projected at 17. Would love to get Arkansas over 17. Would love to. Welcome back. Welcome back to the pig pen, baby. I've been here all along. It's nice to have you back. All of a sudden, Stucky is tusk. <laughs> I wait till you see the Arkansas gear I have for our live show later on this week. All right, moving on. Hey, I'm just here to talk about bowling green football. 30-point underdogs, 4-0, last four times against the Big Ten. No respect. I need some respect for Bowling Green. Please give me respect for BG. 
talk about it on the show. Thank you. I will. BG, uh, coming into the year, I had as the uh, the second worst team in the country. They're they're decent. They're de- I don't know what this defensive coordinator has done. Well, there's two things that have happened with Bowling Green. I'll get into them a little bit after this win. Yeah, embarrassing loss for Minnesota. Uh, Bowling Green beats them 14-10 as 30 and a half point underdogs in Minnesota. The boat, the rowboat has a hole in it. So I look, talking to Bowling Green, this defensive coordinator is doing a hell of a job with this defense. And they were super young last year. So they've obviously, and it was during a COVID year. You're going to have this with some teams. Their defense has obviously made a big jump from last year to this. But I think one of the biggest things that's happened, we talked about this in the preseason pod. We said the hope for Bowling Green is that McDonald, the, the Boston College transfer, he had surgery in the offseason. People used to call in on the pod, on the voicemail and say, has this guy ever thrown a ball before? Right. It looked like he couldn't throw a football last year. And obviously he was hurt. Um, and he had offseason surgery. And he can complete forward passes now. It looks like he can throw a football. And I mean, this was a kid at Boston College. So they have a quarterback who knows how to throw a football. Pretty important. And their defense has significantly improved. So, yeah, Bowling Green, I'll give you credit. That's a great win uh, for the Falcons. Any thoughts, Colin? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bowling Green, I think I've already bet twice this year and had a cover. I mean, uh, covered Tennessee in a large number. South Alabama lost by three. And then here in Minnesota, and Stuck's right, the big change has come on the defensive side of the ball. This is a team that is now, uh, you know, I mean, remember, Bowling Green's ranks were like 120th, 125th. They're now top 25 in tackle grading by PFF. They're now top 30 defense and passing success rate. Uh, they're now, you know, 43rd in coverage. Uh, and then, you know, give a shout out to the special teams. They're top 30 in special teams. So uh, this the defensive side of the ball and the special teams have massively improved, which is going to get us a lot of covers once Maxion starts up here. Uh, assuming odds makers don't catch up on these guys. I've been bumping them every week. By the way, another embarrassing loss on the day. Uh, USC, oh, God, uh, getting destroyed by Oregon State at home, 45 to 27. But one other big upset that I missed until late night, Troy getting getting blown out at La Monroe. That's a bad loss. Buffalo, (laughs) go ahead. I was going to say, who are all these people? You remember all the people that were touting like ULM under one and a half minus 190 win totals, like the easiest bet ever? Not anymore. Two and one. Two and one, baby. Rhett Rodriguez uh, is uh, guiding. That's Rich's son is guiding ULM. Um, And... Oh, Buffalo, by the way, if you didn't see that game, Buffalo up 35 to 7 at the half on lowly Old Dominion. Old Dominion comes all the way back, ties the game. Well, not ties the game. They're down 35 28. They score a touchdown with nine seconds left. And they're going to go for two to go for the win. Why not? You're Old Dominion. And, but they were sell- one of the guys was celebrating. They threw a fucking celebration flag. Like, come on. So they threw a celebration flag. So then, Buffalo obviously accepted it, not on the kickoff, but on the extra point, push them back. So they couldn't go for two and to make the extra point harder. And the poor kid shanks it and Buffalo wins 35-34. Michigan came back, crashing back down to earth. They win by seven over Rutgers. Your, your, um, your SMU over is looking fabulous after beating ten, uh, TCU. A smooth city, baby. That team is good. Yeah, we mentioned Georgia Tech over oh. UNC. Yeah, I mean Just, – Shut, shut, shut North Carolina down. I, this ACC is impossible. Georgia Tech is now, you know, dominating on defense. I guess what they did against Clemson wasn't so much of a fluke. It transferred over against North Carolina. Uh, these Sam Howell odds for Heisman, forget it. I don't care what number it is now. I mean, there's no path to win it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Central Michigan had a pretty crazy game. They were down 17 in the fourth quarter, and they scored 21 straight to win. Um, so some interesting box scores out there. All right, moving on. Tyson f***ing Helton. Are you serious? Fourth and one in IU territory, down two. He punts. You might as well just call timeout and bring your team in and tell them, you guys f***ing suck. Yo, it's stuck. Uh, UConn under last week's UConn backdoor. This is a UConn podcast. Every week, we will have a bet on UConn until it loses. So probably next week. By the way, the reason I am calling is I, I never thought I'd have to call a bitch about a Helton. Fourth and one at the 49. You have a defense and an offense that's rolling. Zappy Hour is saying, let's go for it. And Tyson Helton calls them off and punts it. Are you kidding me? You're a nine-point dog with a D and a great offense, and you have this team on the ropes, and you punt it? I mean, an absolute joke of a decision. 
essentially a program defining win and you pun it. It was sad to see. Yeah. So Western Kentucky, seven and a half yards per play. How are you punting there? Indiana, they, they got to stop bringing these, these refs for road games. Indiana, a punt went off the guy's hand and they didn't review it. The Big Ten refs didn't review it. Western Kentucky had so many paths to win that game. Uh, it was unfortunate to see Helton punt it there. Yeah, you have an offense and no D, and then Indiana went down and scored a touchdown, like a 90-yard touchdown drive after. Um, Penix played a little better, but Western Kentucky's D is nothing to write home about. And uh, that was a sad decision. Western Kentucky really had a path there. And that, that, that punt from the 48, that Tyson Helton decision uh, on fourth and one to punt from the IU, from the Indiana 48, was just – I don't know if they if they wanted to win the game. That was a really terrible coaching decision, and we were Tyson Helton fans, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, if that was the offensive coordinator's call and Tyson Helton didn't step in, I mean, how do you not have confidence in this offense to achieve one yard, especially at this point in the game? They've been pushing it all day. It's a Western Kentucky team that was, what, 45% success rate in passing downs. That's, you know, 15% above national average. 70% in standard downs. That's like double the national average. I don't know how you're not going for a fourth and one with this offense. Pretty, pretty terrible call. But, uh, you know, yeah, Western Kentucky, that was in our money line round robin parlay. One of the teams that, you know, could have joined uh, Baylor and, and a couple others that we got home to the window. We will hit one of those this year. The goal is just to hit one. Um, you need a couple of breaks on a Saturday, but we, we'll, get, we'll get there. All right. Let's close it out with our friend. Hey, yeah, this is minor mother effing nation. And – Guess who's back? Colin, he's trying to be a sharp. He took our over three wins. Guess what? Four games in, <laughs> that's a push at worst. Minor mother estimation, just covered again. So all the haters out there calling in saying, hey, where's the minor nation guy? Because uh, we had one bad game against boys that can eat a bag of shit. So if you want to win money, you just bet on minor mother effing nation. Minor nation. Yeah. Thank you. I backed you. Um, it got to, I bought, I was able to buy a three. Got a little lucky. Wilson got hurt. Six of the eight top receivers for New Mexico were out. Colin is showing his UTEP helmet now. And uh, But minor nation dominated that second half. New Mexico had 20, 19 total yards before the last drive. Um, so, uh, minor nation, we salute you. Thank you, minor nation. I mean, this, I mean, the, the, the improvement. Up. All, yeah. Dane Demel has got, I mean, he, he uh, turned this around from nothing. This was easily the worst team in, in FBS football two years ago. The reason I have the helmet is because we were easily cashing unders on these win totals. Now they're cashing overs for us. Um, you know, we'll see how the rest, hopefully we can get a win out of the rest of the schedule. I'm sure we can. I'd love to get UTEP into a bowl. God, how great would that be? Almost have to make the trip, but uh, good job. Minor nation. Uh, not much to write home about as far as New Mexico goes. Zero explosive drives, uh, well below national average, and all of the offensive success rates and two plus first downs, methodicals. It, it, it's a really bad thing that's going on with New Mexico here, especially. I mean, getting shut out completely against A and M now only thirteen points against UTEP's defense. New Mexico is going to be hard to bet on for the rest of the season. And we got one more bonus one for you. Yeah, this is a uh, Tyler from Dallas. This is a Tanner Morgan guy. Yeah, long life A and M fan. Colin, your reverse jinx worked. Are you kidding me? Who gives a We got Zach Calzada. Happy feet in the pocket. God, this is so frustrating, man. I'm never betting on Zach Calzada again. I swear to God. Yeah, Calzada is bad. Well, let's go best call, worst call, bet, regret. Thanks for all the voicemails. They're spicy. Keep them spicy. I was so happy overall with my day. It's... Anytime I can grind out any profit in September is a bonus for me. I had some bad calls, some good calls. So let's recap some worst calls. I mean, I already mentioned Wisconsin, Clemson, and uh, let's throw in Florida Atlantic. Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but they I don't know if it was the altitude. They got destroyed. Nikosi Perry looked awful. I don't even think he had 100 yards passing against this Air Force defense that gave up 600 yards to Utah State. Who And then Utah State only scores three points against Boise. But And then Air Force just ran down their throats. It's a team that's seen the triple option twice in the last two years. They ran the ball, I think, 73 times for close to 500 yards. Dominant. Dominant effort. 
by Air Force salute you for that victory. I was couldn't have been more off. That's one of those. I love those games. It just, I mean, I hate them, but I'm, I watched that first half and I said, see ya. That money is gone. Let's see. Do I have any other really bad calls? Uh, God, I hate you, Ohio, but I would bet you again. Uh, that was, those were the three that were especially bad. Clemson, Wisconsin, and, and uh, FAU. Best call, I'll go. You trump me on this because you went first half, but UNLV. That was never in doubt. I got I mean, the one I touted the most, Wyoming UConn under, by the way, was I, I just have to get my UConn shot up. Illinois plus three. And oh, by the way, <laughs> I, but I'll say my best call. I'll, I'll say my best call is the Texas A&M Arkansas under. But by the way, I didn't hear a damn thing, a damn thing from anyone walking out of Kinnick. All the <laughs> Iowa fans never heard from you. Where are you? You're yeah. calling in every week with these fluke covers. And you get another four-yard touchdown drive after a dropped handoff. This has to end. But you never sniff, sniff a cover. Colorado State, loot. Uh, Iowa, again, that offense is dreadful. I can't believe we're going to have to watch Iowa play Wisconsin. <laughs> that total is going to be 13. I'll bet the under. Anything over 13, I'll bet the under. Um, I mean, no, honestly, it might be 37 and a half for that game. Maybe we can get Winbet to hang some punting props. I, all, all the over, all the over punting props for my entire bankroll. Yeah, I mean, best call. I'm going to start off with UCLA minus four. Uh, didn't waver on it when the point spread was obviously the market was screaming that Stanford was going to cover that game. It was a very fluky box score for the trees. I'm glad that UCLA could step up and not just only like win the game and cover the four, but covered it by an additional uh, uh, a touchdown, which uh, was was legit. Uh, Stanford going tempo with 20 seconds left to try to get a 50 yard field goal in the air to cut it to, to eight there at the end. That was quite comical on the Pac-12 network. Uh, so I'm glad to see UCLA stand up on defense and actually get this win and cover for everybody. Uh, worst call, I mean, I mean, we covered Clemson. We covered Texas A&M. Can't say, I can't really say Tennessee was the worst call considering Mullen covered at the last minute. They were pushing to get another touchdown, win by 24. Tennessee, that's money pit. I'm so glad I'm done with it. I was about to bet them live and join you. Yeah. Third and eight, they're at midfield and they score a touchdown. And I was so mad. And I was like, all right, it's done. I'm not going to get the, my, the number. I wanted 21 or better. And then I, I turned that game off, and I come back and see that Florida covered. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so lucky that that happened. Uh, I was shocked that Florida ended up covering that game. And Tennessee, the money pit, continues to just yeah. – oh, that team's frustrating. Well, I think we're single, – Single point in the second half again. Worst call for me was backing out of the Army bet and coming back on Miami of Ohio and believing that they could actually stop Army and that they could do something themselves on offense, which they did have a little bit of success at the beginning of the game. Uh, but Army, uh, you know, unfortunately pushed them out of it and uh, no cover there, winning by 13. Uh, it was uh, you just can't take teams that can't defend the rush and the triple option against Army. And I, and I did that thinking that, you know, Miami of Ohio's offense could have the same kind of success as Western Kentucky. There's obviously a clear difference between those two offenses. So probably my worst call, uh, along with saying under on Vanderbilt and Georgia, losing that and Georgia scoring all the points and Vanderbilt getting zero, losing an under that way. That's why I tweeted out, like, if anybody's got eligibility at the University of Georgia, come on down and get a handoff. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk that regret. Uh, bet regret by far, Texas. A week ago, sat here on this very podcast, said they are now explosive. They are worth backing. Didn't even give them a look against Texas Tech. I thought the number was just right uh, around nine, nine and a half, ten. So bet regret there on Texas. All right. Uh, yeah, my bet regret, I'll go. I don't really have, I mean, putting money on Graham Mertz. But uh, for, as far as something that I didn't bet, not adding to Colorado State, Iowa, yeah. fraud. Uh, that's it. I don't really have many. Baylor? Did you want, I mean, I, I could say best call was Baylor. We got Baylor in the money line round Robin on the live show and, and it was time to fade Brock. By the way, Brocktober season officially here. Brocktober's here, baby. There he goes. Brock October's here. I'm excited. All right. All right. Before we get to some three and out, Quick reminder to our listeners, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for you guys this season. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free. 
up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free, up to $1,000 in eligible states. $1,000, people. So take advantage of this WinBet offer. Just click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And by the way, take if you're in a legal statement, take advantage of all those those bonuses and all the free bets. Um, they're in your favor. And and uh, by the way, it's good to have as many shops as you can for different lines. All right, let's uh, before we get out of here, let's go three and out. One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out. All right, we have Thursday night football. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. Pretty soon, people, we're going to have Maction. We're going to have Tuesday games and Wednesday games. We can go a little more in depth for these previews. But our college football week five betting preview will be out late Thursday night. We'll cover the Friday night games. There's a couple interesting ones. Iowa at Maryland, by the way. 4-0 at 4-0. What's Iowa going to open up at there? Minus three, and they're going to close plus three. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that on Thursday night, then obviously all the marquee games and many others on Saturday. But we do have one game before Friday, and that's an ugly one. Virginia at Miami, Thursday night, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN. The status of Derek King, I would assume he's good to go. They played Central Connecticut State. I assume that has a big was a big part of the reason why they held him out. And Brandon Armstrong's been playing really well for Virginia. The defense took some hits injury-wise last week, and the defense has just been, I mean, it's just been getting shredded, absolutely shredded. The Miami defense doesn't want to tackle. It's it's gonna be hard to this not this not it should be a pretty high total. Uh I don't I reluctantly bet the Wake Forest Virginia under. And I knew that they were going to go pretty fast. So I knew it was going to be tough to get stops. And uh, I don't know if I would have the stones, depending on how bad this number is, to go under in Miami, Virginia. What do you see here? Any, any early looks? Yeah, absolutely. The, the same agree with you on how – I don't know how you can take it under. I mean, Miami is dead last in tackling grading per PFF. Uh, both these teams run at a top 30 pace and tempo. Uh, Miami seventh in plays per minute. And I think the real hang up here is that it's all on explosive plays because once they get past the 40 yard line, they're 120th in the nation and finishing drives. So you need to be able to get explosive plays against Virginia, which is possible. Virginia is outside the top 100 uh, in defending pass explosiveness. So Miami is going to be able to get their explosive plays. This Virginia offense though, has been fantastic through there. Brennan Armstrong, a ton of points are going to be scored here and some really shoddy special teams play. I mean, they're, Virginia is bottom 10 in special teams play. So I mean, there's a good chance for a ton of points in this one. Make sure you check out actionnetwork.com, the Action Network app, for a preview on that game. Uh, let's move on to – oh, and by the way, a game I didn't mention, how thrilling – this is what we live for as a better just for the, for the sweat. How thrilling and justifying was that Nebraska cover? Yeah. Uh, that was – I had – so Michigan State had five yards. This is crazy. They had five yards on 15 plays in the second half. Nebraska ran 48 plays in the second half. And it went to overtime because, of course, Nebraska allows a punt return for a touchdown. (laughs) It's what Nebraska does. And it goes to overtime. For those of you who don't see it, Nebraska then throws a pick because, of course, they do because it's Nebraska on the first possession. And I had shades of Tulsa – Tulane and the kids streaking down the side. I'm like, he's gone. He's gone. There's no way that anyone's catching him. And then someone tweeted at me, I retweeted that that was Adrian Martinez's 2018 Heisman moment was chasing down (laughs) that guy. And then an offensive lineman got down there too. And they tackle him. And then uh, Michigan State gets the ball, breaks a run, gets tackled at the one. And I'm like, kick the field goal. They don't. They get stuffed. They try to run it again on second down. They get stuffed. I'm screaming at the TV. Kick it. And they send the kicking team in, and they win by three. And everyone with a Michigan State ticket, uh, who they dominated that game, Nebraska. They, I mean, everyone with a Nebraska ticket got some justice. Thank you, gambling gods. 
for smiling down on us. Uh, that was a hell of a moment. Let's move on to second down here. What any, any spots that you have circled uh, for next week? I, I've already mentioned La Tech. Mm-hmm. I think NC State next week is your Fresno from this past week. Sleepy. And then NC uh, La Tech. La Tech's been a weird team. All they do is play close games. Skip my man. Skip Holt is a dog all day. Also, I think Clemson's done. Dead. I don't think this is a response game. I think this is a lay down and hung over more game. Yeah. And I don't think that they're very good. Give me Cincy as a dog. Woo pig suey. My hogs. I think I'll go back to the well with them. Woo pig suey. Yeah, that's all I had circled right off the bat. How about you? Yeah. Well, Red River is in week six, so you got to get prepared for that. Oklahoma is going to go to Kansas State. They'll have an overlooked spot to Texas. And then and Oklahoma loses to Kansas State every year. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's so that's definitely keep your eye out, especially with the, the Sooners crowd uh, chanting for Spencer Rattler to be removed. Uh, Texas, who is a well-oiled, explosive machine on offense, is going to go play at TCU. Uh, if SMU can do what they did yesterday, uh, Texas ought to have tons of success getting points up on the board in that game. Kind of a small overlook. I mean, I still it's a conference game, Indiana at Penn State, but Penn State going to Iowa the next week is monstrous. That is a monster game for Penn State. I don't think they'll overlook Indiana, but it's still it's uh, what is this Indiana team right now? And and I think Penn State, the way Sean Clifford is playing and the way Mike Yersich is getting clean box scores out of them, you know, that's one overlook spot. But definitely Red River is the theme of the look ahead uh, for this week. I can't believe you didn't mention game of the week, baby. <laughs> Vandy, UConn. All right. Um, before we get out of here, third down, let's talk really quickly a yes or no case for any future out there to invest in. I, I'd say right now, with the way this season is going, the ACC is done. The Big 12 is one Oklahoma loss from being done the way that they've looked. If, I'm fully convinced if Cincy wins out, they are going to the college football playoff. And this year just looks so wide open. And if you're, if they beat Notre Dame, you're, the number is going down. Um, and especially if they're more upset. So if you're going to bet Cincy to win the national title, this is your last chance where, where there'll be value. Um, I'll throw a couple of pesos on it. Cause I'm, I'm touting it here. Uh, I think, I think it's more of an indictment on the rest of the field than it is on Cincy, who I think is really good too. Um, but there's a 660 to one out there, 60 to one or better. Here's the thing. Arkansas, I think Arkansas is still undervalued in the market. People don't understand how good this defense is. You can find them around like 50 to 61. The problem is their schedule. Their schedule is, is, is absolutely vicious. So um, I don't know if you really believe in this Arkansas team and Wu Pig Suey uh, magic this year. And Sammy, Sammy covers. Um, maybe they're worth some pesos. Cincinnati, if you could find a 50 to one or better, this is the last. I don't know if you're going to be able to find the number, but this is the last chance that you're going to get. Because they went out, they're going to the college football playoff. Bottom line, I am 100% confident in that with, with the way the college football, the landscape has played out. And if they beat Notre Dame, that price is just going to go down even more. And especially if you have more upsets this weekend. So, yeah. I'm going, let's say Oklahoma loses at Kansas State. All of a sudden, they're on the outside looking. Like, this is getting crazy this year. I love it. Uh, so, those would be the two I would look at. Nothing big from an investment standpoint. But this is a wide open year, man. Wide open. Yeah. Do you have anything Anything worth it? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think I'm going to be placing a bet on Texas. Uh, there's an 80 to 1 out there. Uh, I don't. You have one loss. It's to Arkansas, who's getting a massive amount of respect. The college football playoff will not care about that one loss to Arkansas because it's a good loss. It's a really good loss. Uh, Sarkeesian's coach and obviously that number will just plummet if they beat Oklahoma in two yeah. weeks yeah and and coach Sarkeesian has turned it around from an explosive standpoint I think he's got his offense in place you look at this they are now 16th and big play rate uh you know their their passing expected points is now eighth in the country uh defensively they're top 15 in, in defending the explosive pass uh 24th in coverage uh seeing some Sark show up here some some saving like numbers with the middle eight seventh now uh, in, in middle eight, there's a lot of good things here that Texas has turned around, uh, you know, from an offensive line standpoint, they're top 30 and havoc allowed. Um, this is a team that can beat Oklahoma. This is a team that could survive the big 12 gauntlet, uh, of playing everybody. And, um, I think Texas definitely deserves attention at 80 to one. Do, oh, I didn't do giveaways. Uh, I gotta do a, I promise I do giveaways. So let me just Matty Haas, five stars splitting up the podcast is a great idea. 
Uh, and then Fade Public. He uh, is talking shit on our producer for the sound drops. We love our producer and the sound drops, but we're going to send you some gear for doing that. Now you'll have to reach out to the producer that you talk shit on to get your gear. So uh, leave some reviews and uh, make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Uh, we appreciate all of you listening. We'll catch y'all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out. <laughs>